Welcome back to the Beers and Steers podcast, episode one, 2019 season. Football is so back. We're here. God, John, we're John and I were just talking about how this is like the most. This is the most optimism we've had going into a season easily, by far, since we started this back in 2016. Yeah, no, I think season one we were excited. Um, it was going to be a great podcast that was going to change Texas football forever. Without a know, mic. We beat, uh, yeah, we had seven followers. I mean, 700 <laughs> followers. Uh, we beat the Fighting Irish and thought that Texas was the uh, sacred word. But, um, in fact, we actually weren't back then. But, no, now it's season <laughs> thanks, four. Thanks, Joe Tessitore. Yeah, damn it. Uh, but, you know, we're back now um, in our fourth season. And it's kind of crazy, man. Season four, a bunch of followers. Uh, Instagram is really pretty active uh t-shirts all over shout out Texas. cmo uh actually you know t-shirts are nationwide you know I, I t-shirts are nation t-shirts. nationwide i'm going to ship one to tennessee tomorrow too shout out cole newton hmm. um yeah that, so that's, that's uh, last news. note on the 2016 like just a how far we've come a couple things b if you were part of the soundcloud crew shout out you're the true ogs or the email crew or the email crew that's actually the most og um, we legitimately had to delete. We delete had to delete episodes on SoundCloud because that we didn't want to pay for the like actual space. Um, I don't think people realize that. That's how rinky dink this operation was. And last we were thing, a low, we were a low cost operation. Yeah, very times. much so. The uh, we were we were a startup. The last thing I saw, <laughs> I've forgotten when we be, after we beat Notre Dame, we went from being unranked to number eleven in the AP poll. Yeah, that's called the Texas inflation right there. That's really bad. But okay, that's hey, enough about 2016. It's 2019. It's big, big year. Lots of things different. Let's get into some real quick. John is hitting on it. T-shirts. T-shirts are reordered. Um, we will not have them until uh, we will not have all of them until the H-Town. Rice game, and we're in H Town. Which, speaking of Rice game, we're gonna try and put something together. We still don't know when, but. Please keep your schedules open for Friday night. Like, I don't know, later, 9.30-ish, 10-ish. Um, t-shirts, if you would like one, please Venmo me 25 If you have paid and never received, I'm so sorry. I've been saying this for, I don't know, a year. But I'll get them to you eventually. Just keep on bothering me, and I'll, I'll get that to you. But 25 bucks to me, they get you a koozie, too, and I'll ship it to you. Um, I think wow. We, yeah, we're adding that this year because... I just if it's not, if you aren't in Dallas, you pretty much never got your T-shirt. So I felt like an ass. Um, so our our logistics department is is growing this year. Yeah, I like it. logistics is going big time um, up. You know, whatever. Uh, we're, so we're I think we're going to say the fallback if the live show doesn't happen just due to people coming into town on Friday. We'll definitely try to put a tailgate together uh, on Saturday um, for the Rice game, uh, whether that's at a bar or out of Energy somewhere. We uh, think that'd be a good idea too. Yeah, definitely. Uh, last, oh, we're doing stickers too. I don't know how that's going to work. My sister's in charge of that, which that's that's it. And I don't know when we're going to get them. I don't know anything about them, but hopefully we'll get some stickers and you can get a sticker with your T-shirt or something. Um, last, the best part of our show, I think the favorite part, John and I were cracking up listening to old voicemails later, earlier before we started this. Please leave us voicemails. I don't care what you want to talk about. We'll talk about anything. Obviously, college football related is great, but not, we don't care. They're, if they're funny, we'll play it. 
That number is 802-487-6107. 802-487-6107. Just text me if you don't know. Text John. We'll put it up on the Instagram, all that stuff. Please. It's on the Instagram, so there's no need to even try to write that number. Oh, there we go. Get on our Instagram. Okay, John's on top of that. Uh, last, what's beers and steers? Beer of the week, John. Well, before we do that, how many, let's see, how many followers are we up to this year? Like 450? So we're uh, we're gonna set a goal to Ooh. get to uh, seven fifty by in the end of this season. So we'd appreciate everyone. Uh, Four fifty three. Oh, well, should we set an over under on it? And then if we hit the over, then we. What did you say? Seven fifty. I said seven fifty. So if we hit do an over under there, if we do an over, we do a bonus episode, or you have to go to Taco Bell again or something. Why do I? You have to go to Taco Bell. I went to Taco Good. Bell last time. There's no talk about the Houston. I just sleep right upright because, yeah, it was bad. So, beer of the week. Um, shout out to Scott Bird and Thomas Rochelle for always calling us out last <laughs> year for not actually having a beer during the Beers and Steers podcast. We kind of fell away from that when you and I got separated into North and South Texas. But um, a bit of a new tradition this year. We're going to name a brewery from the opposing team's hometown and uh, suggest a beer that we – or I searched online, but for the time being, I am drinking a Love Street from Carbach Brewery in Houston. Um, pretty awesome. If you haven't had it, then I don't know why or how you've missed it. It's everywhere. Uh, but the brewery we are highlighting from Louisiana Tech's hometown of Ruston. Mm, beautiful Ruston. Yeah, I don't know where exactly it is in Louisiana. I should have looked that up. But the brewery is Utility Brewing Company, um, established. 10 years ago i think and they've got about seven beers so they've you know got a pretty good operation going but i'm going to highlight their ipa which is a cascade and cincinnati hops and provides a citrus aroma hops to it you you always like it when there's a citrus aroma to it so uh, again utility brewing company um give it a follow go look it up they probably don't have any sort of social media because they're in a really small town but um yeah that's our beer of the week that we we're going to highlight next week will be a Baton Rouge. Golly, Ooh. can you believe that Baton Rouge brewery? Well, we're gonna we're gonna hold off on the LSU talk because obviously that's a big one. But yeah, that's gonna. I'm excited for Has, that one. Hashtag Law Tech. Hashtag yes, we are Law Teching so hard this episode. So let's jump into it. We had a little bit of an off season. I don't know. I know everybody's itching. I don't know if everyone was itching as bad as we were, but it was pretty bad. Uh, if I will say I went back and listened to the end of the last episode after Georgia, and you were like, I need a break. I need a break. John, yeah. did, did you need a break? I don't know. I did. What? I did. I did. Come it's on, good. Man. It's good to, good to get away from it for a little bit, and it's now, you know, recharge the batteries, and we're ready to go again. So um, it, it feels like it was just yesterday when we played Georgia, honestly. Yeah, it, it does. It, it feels weird. Um, it's going to be weird not seeing a bunch of those seniors on the – uh, on the field this year, but there's a lot of potential in the in the class, uh, the 2019 class that we brought in, and I'm excited to see some of those guys out there. Yeah, 2019 class ended up being number three in the country, but that's a little bit skewed because uh, I'm sure, as most of y'all are aware, the Brew McCoy saga, which is just crazy absurd, transferred from USC when Kingsbury or you know switched or sorry left um, to go to Arizona and then ended up transferring back to USC after completing spring ball this past summer. He still hasn't gotten his waiver from the NCAA and kind of a sad story. He's been like really sick and they don't really know exactly what's wrong with him. So it's kind of a 
weird situation because you wish he was playing for us and you want to be mad at him, but still, he's a really good player. I hope he gets better, but that was just a nuts story going back and forth. It was kind of college football at its finest, but it was also like now that there's the portal, like that just kind of throws a whole nother wrench into this recruiting thing. And yeah, basically, if you're not on the team when you know if you're not actually suited up that first game up until that point, it doesn't really matter. Uh, yeah, I think they're the gonna team. lose control of the whole transfer thing at some point. But you know, I kind of it was such a weird deal with Brew McCoy, just the amount of coverage he had around him um and every time you had any sort of uh any sort of i guess traction on a report it just blew up on him but i think the guy's got some commitment issues but i think he's got great talent and we probably won't see him play or be noticed on the national stage for a couple of years and he'll probably be a high pick but um unfortunate to lose him but we still got a bunch of good talent in this class yeah lots lots of good games talent um a couple guys just to keep your you know eyes and ears you're probably seeing here about them i expect them to play this week especially and probably throughout the season uh inside receiver jake smith he's the gatorade player of the year in arizona he's kind of the short little shifty white dude not short but smaller uh shifty white guy think edelman think your most generic white guy receiver comparison and that's kind of him uh, another guy is safety tyler owens Hits like a mofo. He's pretty huge, like 6'3", probably about 225. Uh, he supposedly lit it up in camp. Um, another guy on the offense that's going to be thrust into a position, we'll get into some depth issues, but Jordan Winnington out of Cuero. Dude was an absolute freak. Had five touchdowns in the state championship game. Was the offensive and defensive MVP for the 4A state title. Unbelievable athlete. Um, John, who do you, ex- you know, expect to see or names you'll hear from that 2019 uh, class. Well, I kind of forgot that Jake Smith was the Gatorade player of the yeah. year. Um, but it made me think, Who there was a few other guys that we had. Was it um, God, who was that linebacker from Ohio? Um, Jackson Jeffcoat. Wasn't he the Gatorade player of the year yeah, or something? I think he was, yeah. I think you're yeah, right. We've had, we've had a few guys, so I'm looking forward to him for sure. Uh, I know Tyler Owens has gotten a lot of attention throughout uh, social media and throughout uh, camp this this past month, and obviously, all the, like you said, Jordan Winnington's um, attention from the, the state championship run that Quero had, um, what, the Quero Dragons, correct? Uh, no, the Quero Gobblers. Huh. Yeah, they're probably the best name, I think, in high school football. You were getting confused with the South Lake Carroll Dragons. They have very similar uh, color schemes. Yes, indeed. I need to update myself on the... Uh, high school team names but anyway the guy i want to look forward to all right look forward to seeing play or two guys that i think are going to be kind of under the radar um but well i guess the under the radar guy is uh, jacoby jones juco defensive end uh especially with i guess losing a lot of our our i guess seniors last year um you know i expect to see some some new faces and then um a lot of the I mean, his defensive lineman is going to be kind of a carousel for a while. So keep an eye out for Jacoby Jones. And then um, I honestly don't even know how to pronounce the name still. Was it Roshan? Roshan Johnson, yeah. Yeah, Roshan Johnson um, has been whispered, at, uh, I guess, being our third string running back right now with um, all the injuries that we've, I guess, suffered so far. So um, keep an eye out for him as well. I'm excited to see him play. But, I mean, you know, looking through the class, um, you know, obviously, Brew McCoy, that was unfortunate. But um, I don't think we'll see any of the offensive linemen play. You know, Tyler Johnson was a big um, pickup. 
And then, you know, we obviously hear what, what, what did Floyd, what happened to him again? Uh, he's neck. Yeah, he's out to Gabriel Ford. Like, yeah, he's out for the year, which is another big depth issue that we'll get into later as linebacker. Yeah. But, and then, you know, a bunch yeah. of, let's see, was Darian Brown, you know, he had a stroke. That yeah, that's sad. Well, but <laughs> I mean, we're really starting that, off with a bunch of uh, sad stories here. No, no, but I'm, I'm talking about, I mean, there's a lot of names that haven't really been getting much attention. Oh, I guess Caleb Johnson was another Juco, Juco yeah. Transfer yeah. That, uh, we should, you know, I'm excited to see. Kind of been compared to Gary Johnson, but that's a pretty tough car. That's pretty comparison there. Yeah, that's a tough one. I, I hope he lives up to that hype. Honestly, if we see, I would be surprised if we see a lot of them this year, as much as we saw Gary in that first year. But one guy. Oh, hit on the, oh never mind. Go ahead, yeah, the new, I mean, the newest guy on the team that's probably going to be one of the most important is Parker Braun. Um, he's probably going to be playing left tackle. Transferred from Georgia Tech. He was all ACC for two years, three-year starter there. Um, obviously, if you've watched Georgia Tech football ever, um, you realize they run the triple option and they never throw the ball. Um, they're actually changing that this year, but that's beside the fact. So he is not as well suited for the pass blocking and the pass, you know, off passing offense that we're going to see a lot this year. But in run blocking, he's an absolute stud, which is huge. And Georgia Tech ran a lot of pulls, a lot of, you know, running outside, uh, power, trap, counter, all that great stuff that's fun to watch. Um, and he's unbelievable at it. So watch him. I wish I knew what number he was. I can't remember, but he's going to be playing left guard for us pretty much starting. So that guy's going to be a stud. 70-something. Uh yeah, I can't remember honestly. Let's let's take John's word for it. But yeah, that's pretty much it for the 2019 class. Kind of merging that into once fall camp started, there was obviously a couple storylines, but I I didn't think anything was really that huge. The Broom McCoy kind of took all of the headlines out before camp even started, which is nice. You don't want to focus on stuff that doesn't matter that's not right. affecting the team. Um, right. Uh, obviously, there's a few injuries that we've been talking about the. Keontae Ingram got a little banged up, a little banged up, um, and so we've, like we mentioned, like John mentioned, Roshan Johnson's been playing, taking snaps, which is crazy. But all every single coach, every single player has been like, yeah, he's a stud. He's like, yeah, I don't care, I'll play it. running back if we need it. Let's let's do it. Um, and Jordan Wingson, he's a guy that you can pretty much put anywhere on the field, both offense and defense. But um, Herman said the same thing. He was, hey, you're gonna have to play running back, and he said, okay. Um, he didn't care. Herman's put a lot of praise on him. I can't remember the press conference. It was about two years ago. But if you had to listen to it, go listen to it. Um, it's pretty pretty interesting. Yeah, um, I'm really excited for him. I mean, I know we've seen what Keontae can do. I'm really excited to see what Whittington does when he gets his touches. You know, whether it's letting him go out wide or whether he's up in the backfield as well, I think it's going to be a really entertaining player. Right. Oh, 100%. Um, and the, another scary injury, but it doesn't look too bad, is uh, Caden Stearns rolling his ankle. He rolled it about two weeks ago. Um, it, he's been playing. I don't think he's been doing going through contact, though. So he's got to be healthy the entire year. That DB core is so good, and we'll get into it. But he's kind of anchors that back end, especially on the you know weak side, field side, whatever you want to call it, kind of the quarterback of that crew. Um, we need him healthy. Same with Shaq. Shaq. Shaq had some ankle issues, but he's had ankle issues in t- his entire life. I would give my ankles. He needs my ankles. I would give it to him because those <laughs> things are so weak. I mean, that's it's 
needed, and it's crazy to say. If there was one guy that you told me after his freshman year that would become like this good, Chicago for you know, as cement himself as such a leader and such an important part of the offense, Chicago would have been the last guy. I mean, we used to rag on him so hard. Yeah, his freshman year, you were going off on the oh guy. He was. He had, I remember the, distinctly the OU game. He had a bunch of bad snaps. Yep. Yes. And it was just impossible to watch. But uh, otherwise, I mean, in throughout camp, there really wasn't much. I mean, there's the obvious. First off, we haven't even mentioned Ellinger's name, and we're now 17 minutes in. So I, I was think... actually just about to do that, but. Um... <laughs> well, go ahead then. Go ahead. Well, no, I mean, you know, the last fall camp note, um, the captains, I kind of wanted to hit on them. Obviously, we already hit on Shaq. Um, I think he's going to be, uh, you know, the, God dang it, uh, the Casey Studdard of the team this Ooh, year. Ooh, love that. I think there should be a Casey Study Award at the end of the year. Ooh, yes, um, yes, yes, yes. It's like the, the guy with the most pride or the most, um, just a great leader and has a bunch of energy on the field. I think Shaq is that guy. Um, obviously Sam and uh, Colin Johnson have also been getting a lot of praise, but uh, more specifically on Colin, um, you know, a lot of his shine was taken away by LJH's yeah, um, definitely. amazing catches and after the, uh, just his plays in general. So Colin apparently has been a great leader uh, off the field this year or this off season. And I'm looking forward to him kind of taking the next step and being that star that he really is. So, um, and the last two guys, um, just off season, we'll kind of get more and more detail about their actual position. But um, off season, those Brent B. Jones and Malcolm Roach getting to be captains as well, I think is really cool. Um, both of them have had great careers, and I mean, I, more specific on Malcolm Roach, Malcolm Roach, he's improved every single year, and he's gonna, I think he's going to be a huge star this year and probably all all Big Twelve. So, ooh, I like that. There's uh, there was a good article today by Andy Staples of the Athletic that only all he talked about was interview. And it was an interview with uh, Colin Johnson talking about how he came back, you know, from last year after, you know, with his brother, Kirk Johnson, going through all these injuries, and he was playing. This is, you know, both going to be their last years um, together, and so he didn't want to leave to the NFL when he said that. And I didn't realize he got his sister. I think she's on the volleyball team, maybe on track and field, but she, they when they won the Big 12 uh, conference championship, she, like, rubbed it in their face. So Colin Johnson was like, yeah, I, we have to get this because we can't just let our sis, little sister boss us around but no i agree yeah. all those guys there really aren't many guys like him anymore though you know like guys who actually care about the university and right the, the true i guess connection of leaving a legacy most guys are kind of <laughs> due to the whole injury and uh i guess scenarios now uh, people are just the first moment they get they go so yeah and th- along those similar lines is daniel young with all these injuries um going into camp it was kind of evident that he wasn't really going to be the main guy and I mean, there was one interview and the guy was the media guy was basically kind of hinting at like would you want to transfer and go somewhere else and he's like no why would i transfer like i i've got everything here like yeah i'm not you know not playing as much as possible but i don't want to leave like why would you leave a place like that like it's guys like that that yeah like you said you don't see as often so when it shows up that really means something it means a lot more it sucks that's kind of where we're at right now but yeah, it's still you take it what you can get. But um, yeah, get, get back into fall camp notes. The one thing that I think was kind of a buzz word and that it was overinflated, but it's still going to be interesting to watch. Will be the uh, so-called cowboy package that Todd Orlando is putting together, which is just a absolute dime defense from hell. 
Um, basically what it is is putting seven to eight defensive backs on the field at the same time. Um, I really don't expect us to see a lot of this until we get into deep into conference play, probably not until we get to Oklahoma State a little bit there and obviously definitely against OU, West Virginia, the likes of teams that really like to spread it out. But uh, it's pretty interesting to watch or to, to think who's going to be on the field at the same time. Um, essentially, it's going to be Joseph Asai like, at, and Taekwon at de- defensive end, Roach at nose tackle right over the center. Shark is like the one linebacker, essentially. And then a combination, I don't know how, of Demarion Overshawn, Caden Stearns, uh, Brandon Jones, B.J. Foster, Josh Thompson, Chris Brown, and then the corners. I don't know how it's going to look. It, there's going to be no way to actually give a certain player a position outside of the cornerbacks, essentially. But thinking of what Orlando can like dial up with that is scary. As an opposing offense coordinator, you know whatever quarterback trying to game plan that. I mean, good luck. There's there's no way. There's so much speed and everything. But that was just an, pretty much the only thing I got out. I, I love that nerdy, you know dorky X's and O's talk, but... Yeah, I think that's very much dependent on the success of our linebacker crew. If they come out and surprise us, I don't think we'll see that package as much, but if they struggle, then screw it. Why not throw all of our talent out there on the field, and that's the best, the best way to do it. So. Right. Yeah, you got to get the best guys on the field, so why would you not do it? But um, Alright, so we'll get into a little bit of offensive preview. Um, go down position by position. Like We've always do the first episode of the year. This is like my favorite stuff in the world, because you can just type and talk about this for absolutely forever but john let's start with the main guy um mr mr ellinger yeah it's really been a minute since we've been uh, going into the season with a for sure uh quarterback and we're comfortable and don't have to worry about who our quarterback is so i mean when was the last time that we went into a season was what uh nine well if you count I mean, one, David, of the, David Ash, yeah, the Ash years we knew it was him. It was just like a matter of time before his brain, you know, freaked out. Yeah, so I mean, it's been a solid seven years since we've had this um, luxury, if you want to call it that. So uh, obviously, a lot of hype around Sam. I don't like all the Heisman talk. Um, I think Sam is a confident dude and is able to, I guess, keep all that uh, hype, you know, out of his head, but. If we go out and win four or five of our first games this year, there's a – let's actually, I'm going to take that back, six games. That guy is going to have so much attention around him and it's oh going to make you nervous yeah. as can be. But, dude, he, he, you know, had an unbelievable end of last year. He pretty much turned the season around after, you know, losing to Maryland. Um, and then you're going up to Dallas and beating OU. I mean, it just – the guy willed this team and became the, the you know, true – symbol of texas football that we haven't had in a long time and i mean i think it's a product of herman's system but you know i'm looking forward to how he takes the next step i think uh, one i guess question i have for you on him is that he threw for 3200 yards last year and 25 touchdowns and he ran for 282 and 16 touchdowns which of those two stats do you think he throw i guess improves on this year do you think he runs for more or does he throw for more? Uh, yeah, I saw you type this question. I thought it was a really good question because I've not seen this anywhere else in t- kind of talking about it. And I think he's going to throw for more, which is crazy to say. Not crazy, but a little jarring to say considering he lost his 
favorite target and one yep. of the best receivers we've had over the past 10 years in uh, LJ. But, no, I, I really do. With Colin Johnson being where he is, Dev the Duve, Jake Smith, Jordan Winnington, I mean, and the combined with the banged up of the running back core, I think it's going to be a lot of over-the-air stuff. And everything we've heard in camp is that his arm and accuracy and everything has really improved decision-making. So, I yeah, I think it's going to be, I think, the passing yards. Was it 3,300 is what he threw for last year? I wouldn't be surprised, Correct. yeah, if he's flirting with four, four, four k I think, I mean, I agree that due to our running or rushing um, game this year, that's going to be so dependent on him. The team, the, I guess the, the coaches know how important it is to keep him healthy. So let's throw the ball more. Let's let's try to um, let's keep him on our on his feet and not freaking being a bowling ball going down the middle of the field. So um, I think we're going to see more pass attempts, um, which is good because that's what we want. I guess that's a less running plays, but we're going to see an impact of not having little Jordan out there. So I don't expect this number to be. Um, much different than it was, but I definitely expect, you know, okay, let's just say, no, I guess he had a 65% passing completion last year, uh, percentage last year. You know, I'd, I'd like to see him improve on that a little bit, but I think the key at the end of the day is doing what he did throughout the whole middle of last year, which was no interceptions. Yeah. Right. And it's, he was so confident Only in the pocket. five was crazy. So confident in the pocket. And it was like, it was, it was great. And when he finally threw one at Kansas, it was like, oh shit. Yeah. <laughs> Like, yeah, we haven't seen that in a while. So, you know, I, I, it'll be interesting to see how the stats play out. But if he can just keep us, you know, out of – or, you know, keep the ball in our hands. And, yeah, that's a really dumb statement. But keep the ball in our hands and then really just utilize all the weapons we have on the outside. I think uh, it'll be interesting to see where these numbers fall at the end of the day. In terms of backups, we lost our, my, my favorite, my dearest to my heart, Shane B- Bouchel. Um, I'm – very upset that he left. I golf clap, golf clap. Wish him, wish him the best because he's an absolute stud. There's another good article about him and on the Athletic the other day, just talking about how he just lets everything roll off his back. He voted captain at SMU. Um, hope he does well. But backup's gonna be Casey Thompson. He supposedly looked okay, looked a little bit better. He's gonna be a redshirt freshman. I hope that was another thing last year is we never really got time, and when we were up enough in any game to get backups. Uh, some playing time, so let's hope we can no. get up to that this year. We didn't, we didn't blow anyone out last year. There was no, no blowout game. Every single game was a stressful game, and that's why I'm saying I needed a break. Yeah, no. <laughs> okay, fair. Um, after him, it's going to be Roshan, the supposed running back slash quarterback, but uh, if we're having him at running back or quarterback, we are drinking so heavily, so let's not even <laughs> think about that. might cease to exist if he's, our, if he's our quarterback. Moving on to running backs, we've talked about a lot, but the depth issues, Keontae, got to stay healthy. He supposedly gained a bunch of weight to limit the injuries, and like, you know, about, not a bunch, but like 20 to 30 pounds, and then he gets hurt, so that's Damn. pretty scary. Um, he had about 700 yards last year. I'm expecting that to be around 1,000 this year. Trey Watson took a lot of those carries away. I think um, he's obviously talented enough. It's just a health thing at this point. If he can stay healthy for at least ten full games, he's getting. I think he's getting that thousand yards pretty pretty easily. Honestly, oh, I agree. I completely um, agree. There's 185 rush attempts from Trey Watson that is up for grabs. So damn, that's I think a thousand a thousand is an understatement. I think they'll take 
you know, Sam had 164. I think McPeak just right about the same number. So I think if he doesn't hit a thousand, it's gonna be a huge disappointment. Yeah, I I like that. Um, Daniel Young. I mean, I don't really know where he's gonna be in terms of like on the depth chart, like how many carries, like eight to ten a game, maybe. Um, I really don't know. Supposedly. I think that's high, honestly. Yeah, I think it is too. But uh, with the injuries, you just, just don't know. It's such it's so hard to predict. Um, maybe he just becomes like this, like like a Cody Johnson. Yeah, maybe. I mean, wh- why not? Like he's you know kind of big enough and pretty hard to take down, and the more r- vertical you know north south type runner. But I don't know God, what he's going to be. Such a good freshman year. It's such a good question. We thought we were going to have like the next Cedric. Oh, first off, RIP Ced. Hold on. Oh, wow. Wow. Okay. Hold on. Wait, yeah. <laughs> hold on. Hold on. He posted he, on our Instagram about making Cedric the first topic as he should have been. RIP. Yeah, that's on us. That's on it. Man, I almost want to start over just so we can go back and do that. We kind of messed <laughs> oh that up. Oh, my gosh. And, uh, one thing about Cedric, he was obviously incredible. Ninth of all time NCAA rushing records. But, like, he meant so much, I think, to our generation because for us, at least for me, like, I remember Ricky, but it was, like, the very tale. Like, I was not fully comprehending, like, how big of a deal this was. He was winning the Heisman and all that. Cedric was, like, he was the first one where I was, like, oh, my God, this is so cool. He is so good. Like, this is unbelievable to watch. And, and he, he and Vince rushed for a thousand yards each in 2004. It yeah, was unbelievable. In that Michigan game, when he's like, "Coach, like, they're like stuffing me. They're loading up the box. Like, we gotta, uh, we gotta throw it here." And they did. And I think he only rushed for like 80 yards or something on like 20 carries, just still ridiculous. But yeah, against that like loaded Michigan D, but still, absolute sud. RIP just said that story is just absolutely awful. And prayers up to him. Okay. Yeah, I fully, fully expect a nice tribute on the Law Tech weekend before the game. I Definitely. think they're going to do something. Yeah, they're wearing the 32 on the back of the helmet this year, so that'll be sweet. Um, so Anywho. Going um, back to the actual So, podcast. yeah, I, mean, I think, you know, Trey Watson, jeez, like, I can't believe, I mean, I'm going to miss Trey so much. That guy was such a nice, I mean, especially the Georgia game. My God, that guy had so much confidence. He was running over the Georgia defenders. Um, but it's kind of unfortunate the misses that we had. Um, with our running backs, yep. because the past year it was a Noah Kane over yep. there at MGU. Where did he go? Uh, oh, I can't remember. Purdue? No. No, no, that was Rondell Moore. I don't know. I can't remember. He went to Penn State. That's right. Yeah, uh, Sanders went to Alabama, who just got hurt. Yep, yep. yep. So, um, you know, unfortunate, but we do have some reinforcements coming in next <laughs> next year. So, yeah. Um, just got to keep these guys healthy, man. That's really what it comes down to. But let's let's move on to the the most probably talented group. Eh, not the most talented. Uh, most talented mm. group on the offensive side. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, talking about the receiving core, we've talked about Colin Johnson a lot, but he's got to have that big senior year. My uh, my first round prediction for the draft is still alive. I'd like to keep on squatting on that one. Or maybe you said Charles was going to be a first round pick last year. No, I said they were to talk about it. He, no. No, I, I'll, I will go find the episode where you said Charles <laughs> is going to be a first-round pick. I don't There's know no, about that. I, don't, I think you're wrong. Colin Johnson, I don't, I'm sorry. Colin Johnson will not be a first-round pick. Okay. All right, fine. I'll squat on that one. But uh, I'll, I'll take over on that. Okay. 
Well, uh, just uh, we've talked about him a lot, but he's got to have a good season. He's got to be yeah. Sam's safety valve the entire time. Everybody knows yeah. that. Everyone on the entire stadium is going to know that. But yeah. he, he's good enough. He's smart enough. He can handle it. Um, supposedly, Duvernay has been the guy that they've really been keying off on um, in terms of revolving this offense around someone that they can truly rely on. And it makes sense. They're moving him inside, not as much outside, which is a little interesting because – his route running and just kind of his style is a little different in that yeah. it's not yeah. as fluid as a traditional, you know, whatever, uh, receiver, big receiver. But I think that he can do it. And his speed and how good his uh, hands are, like he can definitely be the guy that we need, you know, over the or that Sam needs over the middle, get him in space, let him uh, make some plays. Jeez, I can't believe he's a senior this year. Yeah, I know. That is crazy. Yeah, I, you know, I think he's going to be like our Gerard Hurd of the past few years. Yeah, um, no. I except agree. Except for get a lot of, a lot more, uh, you know, <laughs> a lot more looks. And um, I, I think we'll see less over the top to him and Morrison stuff inside, uh, inside, I guess, hashes. So look forward to seeing him play. Um, Interesting. Also, you know, there was 86 receptions for LJH last year. They're going to be up for grabs. Yeah. For the rest of the for the rest of the crew. And so, who do you you know? I mean, obviously, Colin Johnson's numbers are going to go up. He's going to be our leading receiver, but he's going to have doubles on him all the time. Um, with Duvernay getting an increased looks and Andrew Beck being gone, RIP. Not really RIP, but I'm going to miss him. Um, who, I mean, who do you think is going to step up? I mean, I. I it's, Everyone expects Brennan Eagles. I don't. I really don't think he will. I don't. I. I kind of agree with that, and same with kind of Malcolm Epps to a really large extent. But it's going to be uh, a pretty much committee between those two guys. John Burt, who was listed. Oh God, no, Jesus. John, no. Burt, he was listed. He was number one on the depth chart. John. I know that is stupid. That is. I'm sorry. I'm not disagreeing with you, but it's just kind of where we're at. I remember the the one catch he had last year for nine yards versus uh, Oklahoma. Yeah, everyone freaked out. <laughs> yeah, I, he was he, he caught the ball and just fell. I remember he was like celebrating like he scored a touchdown. I remember we looked game. around and we we're like, wait, was that Bert? What? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure Ellinger threw it was like, oh shit. Yeah. <laughs> oh shit, is he not? Is that guy not wearing number six? Oh god, like. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, between. I mean, Brew McCoy was supposed to be that guy, and so now it's really yeah. And I mean, you, Cade Brewer will be the guy too. I mean, Beck wasn't the pass pass catcher that you know at all from the tight end position, and Brewer more is. So between Eagles, Epps, Burt, Brewer, Jake Smith, even Jordan <laughs> Whittington, hell, even Keontae. Keontae was great um, catching the ball last year. I wouldn't be surprised if all three, you know, all was six guys right there are really kind of upping their numbers and kind of becoming a huge part of this offense. I'm trying to think, you know, Avante Woodward, Woodward or Woodward or whatever, he, he has, I know he's got an injury he's dealing with, but it was like last, not the 2018 class had so many wide receivers. I guess Josh Moore suspended. Yeah. Uh, I don't it was like a, at least goal. half a dozen receivers in that class. And I feel like we're forgetting, oh, I guess Deshaun Jameson moved to the defense. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this class coming in this year, you had Brew and, and Jake, and so I think Jake is you know kind of stepping into a great opportunity here where he can really kind of if he has some success in these um, call it the Wall Tech Rice games, we could see him kind of towards the middle of the season taking taking more uh, 
um, reps from the from the starters. Definitely. So. All right, let's move on. My favorite, saved him for last. You know I had to do it. O lineman, big sexy. Yeah, go ahead. I'm gonna just sit here and mute while you do your whole vent session on the offensive line. From left to right, it looks like it's gonna be Sam Cosme, Parker Braun, Shackelford, Kerstetter at right guard, and then Oakford at right tackle. I think that's the best group that we've got. The O-line depth is a little bit of an issue. Outside of Okafer, it's in Kerstetter, and it's not the strongest right side we've had ever, but it's serviceable, and they've actually got a decent amount of you know time played, even with Okafer getting the red shirt or whatever. But I'm expecting a lot more counter and kind of pull and trap play from the O-line this year in terms of the run game, especially with Braun in Cosme. Cosme is the absolute rock of probably, I mean, the O-line, and I'd say next to Sam, he's the most valuable player on the team, definitely the offense. I'm another big take, I'm a, a big prediction I'm going to squad on is that Cosme is an All-American this year. So you heard that here first. Um, That's, I mean, it's, it's warm, it's not hot. I think it's pretty hot, man. Oh, yeah, I guess you know, there's always like your two or three Big Ten offensive linemen who are your ball. Yeah, like that you're guaranteed. Then there's you know maybe a Notre Dame one, maybe two SEC guys. Like that's that's pretty big. Yeah, anyway. he's only a sophomore too. Right? Exactly. Like. All right. Yeah. Okay. I respect that a little bit more. Behind them is where it gets rough. Junior Angle out. I don't know. I have no idea what to expect. Tope Ahmad. I, if he's in, we've got big problems. Christian Jones is a true freshman. I hope he's not playing. Tyler Johnson's a JUCO. I don't know what he's at I, I it's more of a big unknown that it, it is really the kind of question question with depth here um luckily the, the starting five I think is a very competent group and I think that you could argue that you know it's a little bit better than last year they probably have a little higher ceiling uh, I, that that might be a little hot but I I kind of do agree with, with Cosme and Braun coming in and Shackford being a like fifth year starter so that's my O-line. I'm letting, you, I'm letting you talk on them, man. No, we're good. We're good. All right, I'm good. I got it out. I got it out. I got it out. Let's talk about the defense. Go ahead. Um, what we got? Defensive line, you know, we lost lost a lot. Um, everyone's great fa- favorite, Hager. Um, no, not the favorite. Yeah, oh God. That, well, he was he was the character that we needed on last year's team. Was he? Lived, was he really? He, he was. All the girls just, like, died laughing at how stupid he was, and all the guys laughed at how also stupid he was when he would blow past the quarterback every time he rushed. But, um, you know, that's what you get with Westlake, Westlake people, I guess. But, um, <laughs> except for our quarterback. But, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, you're losing Chuck. You're losing uh, Chris Nelson. Um, so, you know, infill, you got Roach, who had plenty of reps and started at starts to uh, kind of be the leader on the defensive line. Look forward to seeing what he does this year and like take in the earlier in this episode. And if anyone's still listening, um, they're, you know, I think he'll be an all Big 12 player this year. So I don't think he was last year. No, I don't, I don't definitely not. I think he was not. first team, but he, he missed, too, he he missed too many games. You're right. You're right. That's right. Um, yeah, Charlie. no. Roach, Roach will definitely just be kind of the anchor of, of the D-line this year. Um, yep. Keandre Coburn is probably going to be your main nose tackle with Jared Wilbon and him. Pretty much probably switching or you know f- sharing about 60-40 of those uh, snaps with 60 going to Coburn. But I think he's supposedly had a great camp and looks solid. 
great space eater, which is what he needs to do. You're going to see a lot of three-down linemen, um, especially with that cowboy package that uh, Orlando's cooking up. So don't be discouraged, I'm, I'm saying, essentially, if you see three-down linemen and you know the other team's got two running backs in the backfield. It's okay, I promise. They, they know what they're doing. They know how to handle They know how to stop that. Um, Osai, the other uh, guy. God, that, that guy. That it's, guy had a- Sugar Bowl, didn't he? Oh, yeah. Unbelievable. It's Some people would probably argue that it's smarter to put him as a linebacker. I'm going to put him a D-lineman just because I think he's going to be coming off the edge and playing a lot closer, even if his hand's not actually going to be in the ground. But he's a guy who um, has a great chance to kind of explode off as the pass rush that we've needed for, like, I don't know how long since Sergio Kendall graduated, essentially, um, or one of the Achos. Uh He's got to step up. He's got to play like he did in the Sugar Bowl. It's pretty as simple as that. Um, yeah. The, Gerald, I mean, Wilbon, did you mention Wilbon? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think he uh, – pretty sure he had the fumble recovery in the um, Sugar Bowl. But I think you're right, I think yes. He'll, he'll be a good backup for, for uh, Keandre in, in the middle, so keep an eye on him as well. Um, I guess taking going to the next step, going to the next layer of linebackers, you want to start on them. Yeah, it's it's pretty scary, John. It's uh, it's just basically Joseph McCulloch, and after that, it's a lot of question marks. I, I was gonna say let's just completely skip this section because there literally is nobody. But yeah, I McCulloch. mean, who is the other guy? First off, McCulloch has to step up, step up, and be an absolute stud, or else this is really gonna it's end up bad. Slow as shit. He but... started playing well towards the end of that year, and that play that he made in Kansas, that interception. Okay, no, no, I knew you were gonna say that. No, what? There's no okay. Okay, cool. He made a cool play versus. No, that was a good play. Nope. Is, I, I think he he's going to be a big. I think he's really going to step up this year, but he is starting. Uh, you know, him improving doesn't mean much because he's starting from such a low spot. I just I don't think he's that good. He hasn't really ever panned out. So, um, I think he and I don't know how to say his damn name Adeli Adayo I believe yeah what I mean he's got to be freaking starting right yeah I mean that's pretty much it yeah you'd think I don't know who comes in behind him was it Caleb Johnson or Tillman or one of these Juco those Juco guys is it I've heard Brockemeyer's been playing as a walk-on like Juwan Mitchell I I have no idea what about putting like Overshawn at a kind of? A that's kind of the package? point of the Cowboy package is to get one of those guys in that okay. he, he doesn't actually play linebacker, but he pretty much is, you know. Yeah. Which is scary, but I think with enough talent getting into it, we would be all right. But the linebacker crew needs some big time help, and uh, at LSU might get a little ugly. But we're law tech, law attacking so hard. We're gonna law tech. Um, Let's get into uh, the absolute best, save the very best for the last, the DBs. I mean, everyone knows what, what there is. Anchored by uh, Brandon Jones, Caden Stearns. Uh, PJ Foster. Looks like Foster's going to be starting at nickel. Um, Overshawn's going to come in when we go into dime. Chris Brown and Josh Thompson can pretty much play anywhere, uh, which is awesome. Dude. What an improvement at nickel, geez, going from PJ Don Bonnie to PJ to now BJ Foster. What are happened to John? No, we're not getting into that. Um, Bonnie went to Texas Tech, remember? No, I know. I'm saying like after that, but uh, and go and then corner. It looks like it's gonna be Jalen Green, Anthony Cook. I think would be starting, but he's suspended for the first half against La Tech, so he's not 
obviously starting against La Tech, and I think it's... Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah, it's looking like it's going to be Kobe Boyce, which is... I don't know. The speed is there. Is the head there? Is it the mental game there? I don't know. Maybe. Dude, I forgot about Anthony Cook when he went full, like, Houston Lamar. Yeah, like, oh, he went full quarter. full Lamar. I mean, I kind of liked it, <laughs> but, like... <laughs> The, the, the point of this DB crew is, from an overall standpoint, this is really the most talented a position group has been at Texas overall, like between six or seven guys in a long time. Since those like early 2000 days with the Griffins, Huffy, Aaron, and all those guys, it's unbelievable to watch. And I hope just people realize like how special this is. Yeah, no, I mean, we're looking forward. We got a lot of names and. Um, like you said, you got the Cowboy package. We got to try to fit Overshawn. I don't think Overshawn played anything other than kickoffs last year. No, um, yeah, you're right. So I'm looking forward to seeing all these guys step up. And I think out of everyone, man, I want to see Anthony Cook step up. I mean, the guy with a five star recruit um, kind of had the most hype around him. Mm-hmm. Um, he chose us over LSU. So we'll see how that goes against LSU. Um, so. We'll see. I think uh, obviously the safeties are pretty um, solid, but the corners are a little bit of a question mark, even though we're no longer dealing with Chris Boyd and Devontae Davis. Yeah, definitely. Well, that pretty much wraps it up for the uh, position previews. Let's uh, let's throw it over to a few voicemails. We've got two um, very familiar voices uh, from us. Please send these in because it is just absolutely my our favorite part of listening to all these. Okay, Paso Amigos, it's Maffridge here uh, calling in. First, I want to shout out, come back from a real estate convention, Austin. Shout out to Quincy Vassar. Uh, he Ubered me yesterday. I don't know. He's trying Ubered to make the is. XFL. Best of luck to you, Quincy. Uh, I know he's a longtime listener of Beers and Sears. Um, hey, guys, um, looking forward to a great Horns football season. Uh, you know, I just I'll know because I always feel like with the big market, Texas football, the media, is this media hype or is this thing the real deal? I, you know, um, my hopes are playoffs and everything like that, but I'm a blind fan, and so I just want to hear y'all's opinion on y'all's expectations for the season. Um, looking forward to it. Looking forward to another great season of Beers and Sears as well. Okay, okay so – Appreciate the voicemail. Yeah, appreciate, appreciate the voicemail, Fridge, as always. And uh, Quincy Vassar was he was on a Charlie Strong recruit. He was yeah, like, he was literally uh, never did anything. He spent more time at the Fiji house than he did. Yeah, he okay. He, that's who field. I thought the dude with the flat top. Kind of. Yes. Golly, man, have he heard that. Defensive tackle, he didn't do anything, but now he's working for Uber, so good for him. There we go. Um, in terms of the question, yeah, that everyone's been asking, like, is the media hype real? I mean. Uh, I don't. The, the media, the hype is definitely real, and I think for good reason. Like the what we've been mentioning, the starting quarterback, the O line play, the depth at receiver, the questions that everyone's asking at our defense, losing eight starters from last year. But yeah. I, I mean, I think it's very much warranted. I think honestly, there's a little bit of Texas inflation to our rank. Um, I think we're definitely. closer to like somewhere in the ten to fifteen. So we're closer to fifteen. Um, I think there's a little inflation to make the LSU game a little bit better than it might actually be. Um, like you said, I, I think we're going to see a drop-off in it, and um, just due to losing so much experience on the field, we're going to see a lot of mental mistakes this year, um, a lot of missed assignments as well, 
which may cost us one or two games. I'm not going to get into my actual oh, we're, you know, we're record prediction we're yet, but I think you know this team is very talented, um, but we're losing so much on defense that I don't think is being really, uh, I guess, assessed. But you know, at the same time, all these guys who are ranking have so much access to information about players and whatnot these days. It's kind of hard not to believe them. So we'll see. I think uh, I think it's going to be a very fun season. This is probably the most hype we've had going into a season in a long time. So appreciate the support, Fridge, with the with the voicemail. All right, we got another one from one that is very close and near to both of us, both literally and figuratively, and he, he may or may not be uh, eating a bowl of ice cream about 10 feet away from me right now. Hey, guys, it's Webb. Sure did miss you guys over the off season, but glad that football season is back. John, happy early birthday. I hope that your present this weekend will be uh, the gift of being 1-0. Uh, preseason question for you guys. What do you expect from our old friend, Mac Brown, as he returns to coaching college football? Thanks, guys. Glad you're back. And hook them horns. That's a really good question, actually. I know. I hadn't thought about it at all. (laughs) We both had the same reaction. I wish I knew. I honestly, I don't know what North Carolina has done lately. I mean, they had one good season under that one coach, uh, Fedora. Fedora. Yeah, I mean, I, I... I would say maybe a six to seven win season at best. I mean, they, the ACC isn't necessarily hard, but you still have Clemson's and Florida State's. So um, I, I have no clue other than, you know, I hope they at least make a bowl for Max State. I saw that they're starting a true freshman quarterback for the first time in North Carolina history, which is pretty so interesting. You, like, just Googled that when you heard the No, I did not know. I did not. I've been doing a lot of research. Um, and – and he's like a four-star, I can't remember where, but he's pretty solid, and I think he was actually committed to A&M for a while, and uh, Brewster and Max stole him. Uh, but, yeah, no, I agree. If they're making a bowl, I think that's huge strides for old McAbee Mac. Uh, it's fun to see him back in the game, but it's just one of those, like, is this is this for real? Are we doing this? Or is this kind of a, a dog and pony? And the fact that they're lighting up the tower, <laughs> Tar Heel Blue, after wins – pretty hilarious how many years do you think he will be there three yeah i think that's probably right did you see and then he was asking he was like i want the fans there 30 minutes early and everyone's like well do you want them to like be loud and stay late and go tar heels (laughs) like it was pretty un unauthentic but i guess it's if he was the one that originated maybe it's very authentic the way you look at it but anyway thanks for the voicemails please send us more um Maybe if you listen all the way through to this episode, we'll play a, a little special one for for everybody. Um, but, all right, absolutely, this is my favorite, I think, part of the entire season that we do this. Crazy, stupid predictions. That, yeah, this is a lot better than the monotony that is, like, the sixth episode of the season when we just say the same thing over and over again. You know, that's fun, too, but this is really fun. So, we're going to do, right, we'll right. get into everything. Okay, let's start off. One thing from the offense that you're that will you think will surprise fans and just and gen, people in general. What do you got? Well, I got a week one, and I want to like I guess I'll do my week one first, and then I'll do my better one after you go. Um, 
I think we're going to have a wide receiver come out of nowhere this year. Uh, there's a lot of, like I mentioned in the wide receiver section of this episode, there's a lot of, uh, I guess, uh, receptions, um, I guess, <laughs> all the yards up for grabs with uh, LJH being gone this year. Um, so I think a Jake Smith or Brennan Eagles are two guys that come to mind at first to be um, really come out of nowhere and get a lot of, I mean, it wouldn't surprise me because we sit here and study Texas football all the time. But I think to those who don't really look at um, recruiting, I think those two guys are going to be kind of uh, come out of nowhere type guys this year. I, I like that. Um, I think I'm going to go, in terms of a specific player, I hinted at earlier, but Sam Cosme being an unbelievable anchor to the offense and the team and a, a potential All-American and seeing a true NFL-type talent kind of develop um, and being Sam's blindside protector for the rest of the season will be absolutely huge. And people are going to start to realize that we've got a Connor Williams-type player uh, at our left tackle and hopefully, God, hopefully, for the next two years, including this one. Um, that's that's kind of my specific specific player. Uh, what else? Do you have anything else? Dicker the kicker. <laughs> Everyone remember that guy, obviously, from the OU game last year. I uh, can't stand the kid just due to his overall confidence. But no. a lot of people have been praising him for – I mean, I don't know how you don't praise a kicker like him. Uh, I expect him to be in New York at the end of the year for uh, whatever – what is the kicker? Is the, I, Lou so Groza. Why, why did you know that? I don't know. I just know that. I, I, I knew the punter. Um, Ray guy. Yeah, because we've had you know every Australian dude have him come and fucking dominate in Austin but we got yeah, the punish cousin now um yeah so I think you know let's see he was is he gonna win it or is he just going to New York you no no he's just gonna go to New York he's okay. not gonna win there's gonna be some random dude who like is oh like, yeah it's always like Utah State or something yeah, he just is like unbelievable. Gets picked in the fourth round, never does anything. Like that Aguayo, no, like that Aguayo kid from Florida State, and then he got yeah, cut like, like this first year's his yeah, year. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, Dicker was eighteen to twenty-five last year. Um, there was a few that were just like unbelievably long field goals. So um, I expect him to improve on his accuracy this year, and I expect to see a lot more attempts from him somewhere in the thirty-five to forty range, um, which means we're going for it. Or, not going for it on fourth down as much. So I expect to see him get a lot of attention. I expect him to be a lot more accurate this year. I love it. All right, let's go to defense. Um, kind of prediction of guys who are going to surprise you or really kind of step out. For me, it's going to be B.J. Foster. We kind of saw it in the Georgia game and towards the last end of the season. But, golly, that guy can play anywhere on the field and be an absolute stud, be an absolute missile. Playing the nickel position is tough. I Like John mentioned earlier, we have not had a great nickel player in a while, and I think a lot of that comes with how difficult it is to be this cross linebacker safety in the spread offense where you're getting keyed on, you've got the fastest guy over you. But I think he can handle it, and I think he's going to be an absolutely unbelievable player for this defense that's on par and just as good as Stearns and Brandon Jones. Um, Similar to our dude Quandre. You know what else I'm calling Um, what was my defensive take? It's kind of hard to. Uh, <laughs> I mean, there's really kind of a lot of question marks on the defense, but I think my, uh, I guess you might call it a hot take that we're going to have a JUCO guy starting by the end of the year. Uh, consistently, that is. Okay. Going to be Jacoby Jones. So, 
Um, yeah, there you go. That's mine. I don't hate it. Okay. All right. Best time ever. Final record and final uh, standings predictions. And, and as well as bowl games, too. Sorry. Okay. Oh, well, shoot. I didn't think about the bowl game. Okay. I'll go first then. All right. Let me go Google the Big 12 affiliated bowl games other than the playoff, of course. Come on. Yeah. Wait. What? Okay. All right. I this is obviously thought about this for the past oh I don't know ten months or nine months. It's gonna be tested early, but I still think they can pull off ten wins. I think they lose to LSU in a pretty close game. Nothing absurdly gut wrenching close, but fairly close, winnable game. And I think they lose to Iowa State. That away game in Ames is so tough to win. And they've got a really good team coming with uh, Brock uh, Brock Purdy as a quarterback. Solid defense. They lost Montgomery. They lost Akeem Butler. But I think that they're going to be an unbelievable squad. I think that we can beat OU twice. I'm not sold on Hurts. I think he's a very good quarterback. Losing four O linemen, all all of which got drafted in the first or second round, is unheard of. I've never yeah, seen no, anything like that. Yeah, it's not getting much attention. You I mean, don't not. replace that. Yeah. I, I don't care who you've got behind it. Like, who your backups are, you don't replace that. And C.D. Lamb's a freak. I know he might even be a Heisman candidate. But I think we can beat OU twice. That's that's a bold statement. Yeah. So, I'm saying 10-2. and two, Well, I guess 10-2 and two regular season, 11-2 and two overall. I'll say we go to the Sugar Bowl against... Florida. Well, I'm kind of confused. Is there a Sugar Bowl this year? Because yeah, yeah, I don't yeah. know. Was so even though there is, yeah, yeah, that's one of the destinations. Yes, that, we go back okay. to Sugar Bowl. Yeah. Okay. Honestly, the playoff and like bowl games is, or New Year's bowl games has just confused the crap out of me the last few years. But <laughs> um, okay, I'm not as optimistic as you. I'm gonna be honest. I uh, I think losing a bunch of talent again, we're gonna like see a bunch of mental mistakes and missed assignments um, early on in the year. I think we lose to LSU in an unbelievable environment in Austin. I'm sorry to hear you're not gonna be there. Yeah, we're um, not. We're not talking about that. Um, so I, I think we do lose that game, but if we do win, that'd be unbelievable and springboard into what could be a fun September and October. I, I do think we win in Dallas again. I don't know what what my confidence is there, other than just Tom Herman is kind of seemed to figure out Lincoln Riley, I feel like. He had just he seemed to have what Charlie Strong did in the middle of October in Dallas, you know what I mean? So it's I think we win that game. Um I I, I weirdly agree with you on the uh, Iowa State game. Um I'm not sold on them, man, but I, I think it's just gonna be one of those typical games at Ames where, you know, we, we come out flat and we just have a tough time responding. So I think we lose that game, and then I think we just lose another random one on the road at night when ESPN decides to freaking flex our game and put it at 7 o'clock. And I know you're going to hate to hear this, but I think it's going to be TCU, mm. Um, mm. which it would really, really be sour, especially yeah. with Doug Conner. Um So we'll see. I, I think that out of all my statements there, TCU loss is, is a little, little out there, but – I do think we lose to LSU and Iowa State, and I think we end up going to. Well, I, I'm kind of confused again on what our bowl selections are, but um, I think we go to the Alamo Bowl. So. Okay. All right. Well, uh, I guess we kind of did the Big Twelve standings, but 
I got UTOU, Iowa State, Oklahoma State as fourth, then Baylor as fifth. A little, just a little throw that out there when that when that hits. Um, playoff. No, I think Baylor's going to be much better than people think. I agree with you. I think what's his name Brewer's the stud. I think our coach is great. Honestly, he was like, didn't they think that he was maybe going to go to the NFL, which is just nuts to yeah. say. Yeah, no, he they they they, they should have beat us last year. So with a really not a very good team. So I, I expect that to be a tough game on the road too. In terms of playoff championship, just for shits and gigs, why not? It's pretty rough in terms of uh, like someone else being in it. I, I think it's going to be Clemson 1, Bama 2, Ohio State 3, because the Big Ten's a joke and Michigan's not going to be that good. And then I'm going to say Georgia goes back. Uh, Fromm is a stud of a quarterback. Uh, they have an unbelievable offensive line. They lost a bunch of receivers, but they still have DeAndre Swift. Lost a couple good DBs, but good linebacker core. I think it's going to be Clemson-Bama again. It sucks to say, but, I mean, is there you know much argument against that? Uh, I, think it, I, I think Clemson wins, but I think it's a little closer this year. They're not going to blow them out. That Alabama offense is going to be sick. That, even though they did just lose Dylan Moses today, which is awful to hear, but maybe he'll be back towards the half of the season. Yeah, what's the word on him? Is he? Mm, they said really bad knee injury. Nice. Saban's so good at hiding all that, they don't know yet. So, I guess let me ask you on year four. I mean, the, the playoff has proven year for the last few years that, you know, the Bama-Georgia SEC championship game pretty much knocks out someone. Why do you expect for both of them to be in? Because I, th- I think Bama – I mean, Clemson-Bama Clemson is going to go undefeated throughout the regular season. I think at that point it'll be Georgia will be number three. I I see them curb stomping Notre Dame, so it's going to be a pretty tight one two three with Iowa State at four, maybe dancing around with someone else, possibly us, probably not at four. But yeah, and then I think Georgia and Bama play again in the SEC championship. I think Georgia loses, but again I think they'd put them in there as that they're shown that they're one of the four best four best teams in the country. And that Notre Dame game is pretty much going to be the resume game or whatever they call it that they look at. Right. So Georgia will be the four seed, obviously, with uh, with the one loss. And Ohio State will jump to three. But, right. uh, yeah, I still see them being in there. I, uh, is, I, I just I find that hard to believe, man, that they'll do that. They've proven that they don't want to put two SEC teams in there after, after I mean, let's see, last year – um, you know, OU snuck in over Georgia, and it was proven that, you know, again, everyone's going to argue that Georgia didn't really try to play against us. But, Bullshit. Um, so, I don't know. I, I think they're going to be – I mean, the, the playoff committee has been consistent with the way they've uh, put teams in. So, I think if OU runs the table, they're in. Obviously, that was a blanket statement. I think they're even in with one loss um, to us in Dallas again. Mm. So, I'm going to take your Clemson, your um, Alabama's um, – I just don't know enough about Ohio State, and without Urban Meyer, if they lose, um, not what is that? Like lose a night game at Iowa or something? You know, I just yes, I the Purdue like last year. Yeah, I just I feel like Ohio State without Urban Meyer is is risky. Um, I think Michigan steps up this year, so I'm going to take Michigan in the playoff. Mm. Um, so that's my three, and I guess I'll take OU. Ugh. 
God. That, so Clemson, Alabama, Michigan, case. and OU. Um, I hate to – let's just have the conversation for a second. Is there any Pac-12 team that might possibly run the table? Because that conference has been out of the it's, picture. Yeah, it's so bad. I think Oregon does because they return like all of their O-linemen. Herbert probably would have been you know, a top-10 draft pick last year. Yeah. And they've always got some good – uh, receiver, running back. I have no, nothing about their defense. But I think that, the yeah, the Pac-12 is pretty weak. It's basically going to be if Oregon can beat Auburn this first weekend and then beat Washington. If they can do that, then they might get a chance to go to the uh, to into the playoff. But that kind of goes back to the Georgia thing. Let's say Georgia, the exact same thing that has happened – that I said happens. Georgia loses an SEC championship game that goes undefeated in the regular season. Oregon beats Auburn and goes undefeated and wins the Pac-12. I still think Georgia would probably be the better team over Oregon. Disagree. I think they would, uh, from a um, being the politics of college football, I think they would put an undefeated team over uh, one loss Georgia. So we'll, we'll see how that plays out. We'll see. That, that, that's that's a good conversation I'd like to have, like middle of the season. Right. Almost like we do a reassessment of our playoff prediction, like after yeah. the OU game. Yeah, okay. All right. I'm, I'm down for that. Okay, let's move on just real quick. Heisman. I think it's Trevor Lawrence's to lose. Honestly, that kid's an absolute stud. Uh, I think Tua gets second. I think Mr. S- Mr. Ellinger's third. That I think. Wow, so he go, he gets invited? He is in New York and does not win. Uh, it's we gonna seem to be good at that. It's what? I said we seem to be really good at that. Uh, yeah, that's very true. But, hey, if it makes him pissed off and let's say we're in the playoff knock on wood or something or in a big game and it, he plays like Vince does, okay, I'm fine with that. We uh, Yeah, if, if he's in New York, that means we're in the playoff. So I'm, I'm, all, I'm all for that. One, one last thing just kind of throw out there. Don't be surprised if Grant Delpit, that safety from LSU that yeah. we'll talk about next week, is in New York. Do not be surprised. That kid is a freak. Yeah. Um, you know, I meant to look up, but I didn't get a chance to do it. I'd like to look back over the last five years at the preseason favorite for Heisman and see if he ended up being that person. Um, I don't know if that's something that's pretty easy to find. I'm sure it is. I'm but sure you can, yeah. Trevor Lawrence seems to just be the easy answer. Uh, God, who was the easy answer last year? Was it Tua? Tua, pretty much, yeah. Yeah, anywho, I don't think there's going to be a Trevor Lawrence this year. Maybe the Ohio State quarterback. Um, Fields. From Georgia. Yeah, so keep an eye out for him. I think, uh, uh, what's his face? There's that running back. Oh, ETN from uh, Clemson has got a lot of attention. Maybe yeah. Lawrence will just take all the attention away from him. But um, if Wisconsin has a run, Jonathan Taylor, the running back from, from them, I had a really – bold prediction last year and Bryce Love from Stanford <laughs> uh, I think he got hurt in the second, yeah, he, second week Yep. Uh, so I'm going to take a really random pick of Jonathan Taylor from Wisconsin keep an eye out for him I don't hate it yeah Jonathan Taylor's pretty I'm pretty sure I pe- actually picked him last year to win it so don't hate that so that just depended on all five of the biggest offensive linemen from the middle of Wisconsin the being really good cheese and drink milk and yeah eat 400,000 calories a week okay let's move on Real quick, we're getting towards the end. If you're still with us, I love you. LaTeX preview, so quick. I'm about to run through this. John can't even get a word in. Offense, they return their right guard, center, and left guard. Their new tackles on the outside. I think one's actually a freshman. Rush the hell out of that. Osai needs to get a couple of sacks. Nothing great. 
with the running back. Their quarterback is named Jamar J apostrophe M A R Smith. He's oh, okay. can't wait for our guy to say that over the loud. Oh, that's going to be great, yeah. Jamar uh, Smith Jamar on the Smith on the catch. Um, throw. Uh, don't give him some time because he can unload the deep ball, but if you can force him to mistakes, he can't really run. Uh, he's an okay quarterback. We can pressure him. Their receivers are actually pretty solid. They're not bad. Adrian Hardy, number six. He's not huge. He's like 6'2", 200, but he's speedy as hell. Had over 1,000 yards last year. Averaged 15 yards per reception last season, but only had six touchdowns. So don't expect him in uh, end zone too much, but expect him a lot of picking up a lot of first downs. He's going to be their guy they're going to look at. Very shifty um, in the middle of the field. Probably going to get drafted. Uh, their defense lost all of their starting D linemen. Um, hopefully we can set up a run game that doesn't get anybody injured, knock on wood, and that'll be the game. Linebackers, not that great. One returning starter. DBs are actually pretty solid. they got two corners. They can stack up and play man-to-man. They've been talking a lot of shit, too. They said this week, quote-unquote, they do not play well in press coverage. They don't know what it's like. All right, well, let's see how that fucking works. Um, quick prediction. Horns, 42. Tech, 27. CJ gets two touchdowns. Um, That's so, not a cover, by the way. Yeah, a few, few items. I think, so... It's interesting. Skip Holtz has been there for what now? Six years? Something like that. So, yeah. If, I mean, I've been to five straight bowls and won every single one of those bowls. Um, really random there. But, uh, you know, they've got, they've got a good system. And also, their defensive coordinator is um, blanking on his name, but he coached at UConn. Bob when, Diaco. Yeah. When uh, our whole regime was at U of H, um, go Cougs. But, oh, yeah. So, you know, what? Yeah. I know what you're going to say. Go ahead. So I expect you know, there'll be some some familiarity with our offense. Um, so oh no, I they they were the ones that spoiled Houston's undefeated record that season. Oh really? Yes, with Greg Ward. Oh, you're right. Yeah. And they stormed the field. That was that was um, Diaco. Yes. So I think there's going to be a few possessions. I mean, as much as I like to see us take the ball, march down the field, throw it to Colin Johnson for a 40 yard touchdown to start the game, I don't think that's going to happen. I think there's going to be some rust, and it's going to take a few possessions for us to get on the on the scoreboard. Um, I think it's going to be a little close at halftime, and then we end up winning thirty-one to thirteen. Okay. Um, end up just you know out hustling them, out athletic, and whoa, what's the word I'm looking for there? Being more athletic. Sure. There? I think we we wear we wear them down uh, over over the third and fourth quarter. End up scoring some kind of BS touchdowns there in the fourth quarter, and hopefully see some backups, but I'd like to say, like you mentioned on their offensive line being pretty subpar. I'd like to see some legit pressure on, uh, yes. that's kind of my expectation is that, um, you know, our offense is going to do what they do. I want to see some guys produce some pressure on these, um, on this really bad offensive line and bad quarterback so that we have some confidence going into the game that we all know, but we won't talk about right now. So, all right, games of the week, as always. Got to do it. Utah, BYU, Thursday, very, 9.30. Very weak first week. So lie. weak. Thursday, 9.30, pack after dark. BYU's plus six. Oh, can't wait for pack after dark. UT, Utah gets an oh, early test in Provo. Cameron Rising got denied his transfer waiver, by the way. Um, huh. I don't know anything about these teams. I just know playing in Provo at night sucks. So. Oh, God. Why do you have to say that? Ask Dylan Haynes. Uh 
yeah, that's a lot of points. I'd probably take BYU. Uh, Best game of the weekend, probably. Yeah. Auburn, Oregon, game day in Fort Worth, downtown Fort Worth. Um, great, great spot. I think uh, Cherry's done a great job of making sure the good teams come, or a good game come there for a week. Very happy, very happy. Um, you know, I think, was it Auburn? Didn't they play last year in, the, in Atlanta? Yes. Um, and Oregon should have won, but Auburn kind of like at the last second won it. Something like that, yes. Yeah, I think Oregon gets revenge this year. Um, Herbert kind of gets his first splash into the actual media because he plays on the West Coast and no one actually cares about that. Um, so I think they get the W in this game and uh, kind of make a statement that they are a pretty legit team. Uh, OU versus Houston, Sunday night, 6 o'clock. Line in this game has actually don- gone down a point to minus 23.5 for OU. Over is at, dominates. OU, OU is at 79. Holgo's first game, basically the exact same coach, a little more uh, Red Bull and a little less hair. Uh, Jalen Hurts. I saw him in HEV, by the way. Oh, yeah, you did. I forgot about that. He's buying like six bottles of wine. Um, I like the over. Over 80, that's pretty much a lock. Um, I think OU covers, too. I don't, I don't think it's close. I think OU kills him. I, I think U of H, it's going to take a year for Holgerson to get some momentum down there. So. Last I would game. love to see a close game, though. Like, oh yeah, to give for some. I mean, I think OU goes out to LA. Yeah, UCLA week three, so they don't really have much of a test until us. So um, I'd like to see them be tested a little bit. I agree with you. Last game, the Monday game, which I think you could argue is the best time slot of the season, because you're coming down off that first weekend. You're just so high on football, and then you get a little <laughs> come down game. You get a couple come down on Sunday, and then you get the Monday night. Notre Dame at Louisville, 7 o'clock. Louisville's plus 19. It's a lot of points for a home dog on a weird night, Monday night. Um, Ian Buck, Notre Dame quarterback, he's pretty solid. They lost a lot of guys on defense. See what they can uh, put together. Scott Satterfield's first game for Louisville. He was the Appalachian State coach. I know you knew that, John. Um, I think Notre Dame wins, but they don't cover. I think Louisville's a pretty good bet here, plus 19. Well, that well, is episode one. Guess who we're not playing this week, John? I don't even want to talk about it. Maryland. Oh. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah. Let's just, let's just win. I, as everyone has said for the last six to eight months, shout out to John Cotton. I know you're still listening. Oh, yeah. Just Coach. no words no words except for Law Tech. Law Tech. And it's funny because there's been so many you know, of my dad's friends have literally just said, let's just, let's just beat Law Tech. Forget everything else. Let's be, beat Law Tech. And, and sadly – the joke of Tom Herman of of one and zero. We haven't done that yet, so let's yeah. uh, let's, let's go let's go one and zero, and let's make this a really convincing win. Let's get some momentum going into uh, you know week two. Not to say who we're playing, and uh, let's just dominate and you know dominate and not have to really stress out in the third or fourth quarter for the first time. It's been a been a minute since we've had a fun first week. Lotech, Lotech. All right, see y'all next week. Thank you.